Welcome back to Customers Who Click. I've got another great episode today, and I think it's a topic you'll all find really interesting, as it's about how to create engaging and funny videos for your advertising campaigns. My guest today is Joe Wilkins, the founder of funnysalesvideos.com, and he's going to talk us through pretty much the end-to-end process for creating video content that is super entertaining and engaging, which is exactly what's required to generate really high ROIs on your ad spend. Because yes, you still need to put money behind these campaigns. No, it's not going to go viral all on its own. But I'll let Joe explain why. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining me today. Could you just uh, introduce yourself a bit? Tell us a bit of your your background and, and kind of why you do what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, sure. So first, thanks for having me on the show, Will. Um, So I own a company called, actually own two companies, technically. One is Procreative Studios, which is a video production company that I've owned for 20 years. Um, And then FunnySalesVideos.com is a newer company that we basically spun off. And I'll give you a quick background and you'll understand why. So um, 20 years ago, when I started this company, our goal was to do television commercials, so long form and short form. So we started out really focusing on television infomercials, you know, those 30 minute long shows that you see late at night with products that you had no idea that you needed. Um, And we did fantastically well. Our first project was the Little Giant Ladder infomercial that did over $200 million in sales, just berserk. We were a very small part of that production team. Uh, but that kind of got me on the on the road of, you know, if, if we create really good, compelling video and put it in front of a big audience, our clients will get big results. So for about 15 years, that's really our focus was television and then, you know, your traditional corporate website videos. The problem is, well, I guess, let me ask you, when was the last time you watched live TV? Pretty much sports. Right. That's it. You You don't watch it the way you did 20 years ago. You certainly probably don't flip through the channels the way that we used to get people to watch infomercials. And so, you know, our clients were spending the same amount of money and just seeing less and less results as time went on, as people had uh, TiVo and DVRs and, you know, skippable programming. And so we started to, you know, panic and, and had to reinvent our business, basically, or else our clients would stop working with us. Um And so about five years ago is when we really started looking seriously at what these geniuses like the Harmon brothers were doing with these funny, you know, viral style videos that just got so much more attention online. Um, And it's kind of funny up until that point, we had always told our clients, we're not the agency if you want to do funny because you've got to do it right. You know, nothing's worse than seeing a video that's trying to be funny or that is, you know, offensively funny. It just will sink a brand quicker than anything, especially in today's world of, you know, transparency and everyone will comment and share and, you know, brands can do some damage if they don't do it the right way. So we would never touch it. Um, but about five years ago is when I finally said, okay, we need to, we need to get into this space um, and we hired some really good freelance writers. And um, to give you a comparison, up until that point, our biggest video online on YouTube or elsewhere had got you know around a hundred thousand views. Our very first campaign after we got we launched funny sales videos between three videos, same campaign, we got seven million views. Fast forward to today. 
um, we we launched a campaign um, recently between two videos has almost 70 million views. So, you know, just so much bigger results when we use the principles. And really the way that we have done it is a few years ago, we we spent a significant amount of money investing in the Harmon Brothers University, um, which was a godsend for us. So, you know, anyone listening, I highly recommend their courses. And uh, that's really what brings us to almost exclusively that's what we do today we do funny viral style sales videos and we can talk about how they're actually not viral in the organic sense um, but that's what we do today um, and i also recently started a podcast called how to make a video go viral that uh, your viewers or listeners can check out awesome sounds good um yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about video marketing a couple of times on the podcast, but more from the how to use it within advertising, how to the different channels to use it on, and things like that. So it'd be good to talk about you know what what makes a good video, um, particularly a funny one, because like you said, you can't just you can't really force it. Yeah, but um, and I'm sure you don't want to give away all your secrets, but you must have a a, a process and a you know a. <laughs> kind of like a template, I suppose, to make it yeah. work again and again. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, I don't mind giving away all of my secrets because most of what I do, you know, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of other people that have taught me. Um, but we, so we actually have a free ebook that any of your listeners can download from our website that will go into a lot more detail than we can cover on this show. Uh, it's called how to make a funny sales video without hiring us. Eight simple steps anyone can use. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's certain parts of that process that you can do yourself and certain parts that you really shouldn't. Um, now, obviously, the ideal is to do all eight steps using professionals that know what how to do it the best way to get the biggest results. But, you know, for small businesses that can't afford to go out and hire a big agency, um, you can certainly do some of it yourself. So I, I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but I can really quickly run through the eight steps with you and you can maybe stop me and ask if you have questions or want to talk about a, a step in more detail. Yeah, sure. I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, if you don't mind. Um... Yeah. So the first step is marketing 101. Any marketer, regardless of whether you're doing a video or a brochure, you've got to understand who your customer is. So most um, most marketers understand that and they may have a one sheet on, you know, the demographics and, um, you know, what age range and maybe what their income is. But you need to get so much deeper into the psychographics of who your customer is and most importantly, why they're buying your product or service or why they won't buy your product and service so that you can create arguments why they should. Um, and the quickest way I'll tell you is go out and read as many customer reviews as you can. I would tell any business owner, if you think you know why your customer buys your product, go read at least 100 reviews and then tell me if your assumptions were correct. Now, if you don't have 100 customer reviews, go to your nearest competitor and read their reviews, uh, whether that's Amazon reviews. And I'm not talking about, you know, 
cherry-picked filtered reviews that you put on your website because they make you warm and fuzzy. You want to read the complaints. You want to read, you know, everything, good and bad, five stars, zero stars, what what whatever. So the more you can really understand your customer, the better influenced you are to create a script that's going to connect with them. And the greatest way to sell something is to have your customers write your script for you. So we'll literally pull out sentences and quotes and things from our customer reviews and put them into the mouth of our company spokesperson to make them feel like they're connected on a on a whole new level. Uh, yeah, it makes complete sense. I mean, yeah, it's your customers telling you exactly why they've bought it for, for good and bad reasons. You can get yes. a lot of negative reviews, this didn't solve my problem, or positive reviews, this absolutely solved my problem. What's quite surprising is the number of businesses that are still actually hesitant or afraid to to ask for those reviews and to yes. actually and to actually generate them. And part of that is, I guess, they're expecting negative reviews and they don't want negative reviews out there. But that's the perfect way to then improve your business in the first place. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the ostrich syndrome. You can't bear today. Gone are the days when you can just bury your head in the sand and and ignore the fact that customers have complaints or they have issues because if you're trying to sell to a audience that's going to be online transparency is the key and sometimes you're not ready for a video or a brochure you got to stop marketing go fix the problem then come back and let's talk about selling yeah well i mean especially you know we know that people are more likely to give negative feedback Right, people are more likely to proactively go and leave a negative review. Yeah. So, it's yeah. If you're not uh, proactively generating those reviews, your you know your Trustpilot account or whatever is is just going to end up with a really bad score. And right. just because you're ignoring it, like you said, doesn't mean the customers are because they will go check those reviews. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I think absolutely great point. Um, yeah. So once you understand who your customer is, then you can start brainstorming. And what I mean by that is what we start with is a brief of come up with 50 ideas, as many ideas as you can think of, telling me who in, in this particular idea, who is your um, video main character and what is the problem that they have? Those just those two things. Figure out a character that will be entertaining, um, but also relevant to your customer audience. And what's a problem that they have that's either exactly the problem that your customer has or an exaggeration of that of that problem. Because it's all about entertaining people into watching a video that they'll connect with. It's not about sales until you've made that connection. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, well, gosh, doesn't Facebook recommend 10, 15 second videos and yours are three minutes? Well, yeah, that's because the average person doesn't have the creativity or the commitment to spend the time and money to really do it right. And so all your customer will give you is 10 to 15 seconds unless you earn it. So we're about creating stories that people want to watch. Because remember, the reason why these people, you got to think about the context. The reason why these people are on these platforms in the first place isn't to buy stuff. 
it's to be entertained. It's to amuse themselves. It's to, you know, yes, catch up on what their friends are doing, but also to watch funny, silly videos and memes. And it's a distraction. So you have to become the entertainment that they've come to look for. Now you can then secretly slip in the, you know, I think about Jerry Seinfeld's wife wrote a book about how to trick your kids into eating their vegetables, right? How to create tasty things, but then secretly put vegetables in. And I think of my videos like that. I've got to create a video that looks like it doesn't have vegetables in so that they bite into it. But once they've got a taste, I can then slip them in some sales copy and my story is is furthering the sale. So anyway, the, the step two is brainstorm 50 plus ideas. Don't have any judgment. So create a group of people, whether that's employees or other freelance writers that you include in the brainstorm, the more the merrier, throw out as many ideas as you can. Don't judge any of them. The bad ideas, the terrible ideas, those are all welcome because sometimes when you create a list and there's some terrible ideas in there, someone else in the, in the brain share will spin a great idea off of a bad one. Yep. So, you know, throw as much against the fan and see what sticks, then distill it down to the very best and spend some time developing those concepts a little bit further. But finally, you have to pick one of them. And, you know, I could talk forever about the process of how we do that, but but download the ebook and it'll tell you a little bit more. Then you take that concept into the scripting phase. Now, on any video that we do, it takes between three to six months to produce. And in the writing process, to me, that's the most critical part. And I will have at least five, six, seven, eight writers working on every script because you've got to start with the marketing framework. So that's the key messaging points that you've pulled out of those customer reviews. So, you know, there's a marketing copywriter that will need to come up with the framework of what do we need to say to sell our product. Then you need a couple of storytelling writers, so creative writers that will take that copy and create an entertaining script around the character and the problem that they have. Then you want to take that to a bunch of comedy writers so I typically will have at least four, and these are professional comics, right? People that do stand-up comedy for a living or comedy writing, um, and they will take that story and they'll add in jokes and punch it up. We'll go through about two months just to go from brainstorm or go from research to brainstorm to scripting to a script that's ready to produce. And that's the one step you really can't rush and you shouldn't do it yourself unless you're a trained stand-up comic, which I'm guessing yeah. most of our listeners probably aren't. And all the way, you want to make sure that you test all of your jokes and your script and your selling points on your customer avatar. Now, what does that look like? Well, it could, it could be that you pull 10 of your top customers and ask them to be part of the process and bounce an email once a week off of them and say, you know, would you review this and give us your feedback? It could be that you create a survey monkey or, you know, depending on your budget, you could create a focus group that, you know, a local company would organize. That's how we used to do our infomercials is we would spend a, a day at a focus group and bring in complete strangers to, you know, rip apart our, our videos and tell us what works and what doesn't. Anyway, so once you've got your script, you got to make sure 
that it starts with a big hook. We all know that nothing that comes after the first five to 10 seconds of your video is going to be seen if you don't grab their attention in the first place. So I'm not talking about selling or you know presenting benefits. I'm just talking about what's going to stop the scroll and get them to turn their sound on. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. A key key point there. Um, I actually read the Adweek Copywriting Handbook not too long ago, and he makes a big point around the, the job of the headline is to make people read the subheadline, and the job of the yes. subheadline is to make people read uh, the the first line, you know, the first sentence of the copy. And then the first yep. sentence of the copy, that job is to get you to read the second sentence. And that's pretty much how it works throughout the throughout the process. And and there's other things, you know, the the picture, the purpose of the picture is to make you read the caption for the picture. Yeah. And if you can get and it's yeah, like you're saying, you know, you've got to have that hook, and that hook will make people want to continue with it. Um, exactly. If you, if you don't have that in the first place, people aren't going to get halfway through the copy or the video to actually see to actually get the real message. Right. So because people have their sound off, that hook has to be visual. So again, this is where hiring a professional production company will benefit you. Um, but we we will think we will spend a lot of time just on the first five to 10 seconds. And then where budget allows, most of our videos will create three totally different hooks. So the same video that just starts out three different ways, and we'll test it to see which gets the better click-through rate, which gets the better watch-through rate, and which ultimately converts the best before we tell our client, you know, this is the best performing one, go ahead and run with this. So, you know, again, it's all about how much time and budget you have to spend, but that's the way that really will give you the data to make an informed decision. And then you have to continue. It's not enough to have one big hook. You have to continue throughout the whole script to hook them again before they get bored and then give them a little bit of sales copy and then hook them again with another joke or a shocking thing or a demonstration that's kind of you know unexpected. You've got to disrupt them as you're selling, but also entertain them. So um, step three is scripting. Step four is adding the comedy. Um, step five is where the rubber meets the road, the production. And I always tell people, you know, after 20 years of running a video production studio, you'd think that I would say the most important part of production is to have, you know, a beautiful camera and great lighting and great sound. And as important as that is, that's not the most important part. The most important part, without question, is casting, finding the right actor to bring your script to life. You know, some people will spend all this time creating this great script and then they're like, oh, I think my brother-in-law went to acting school. You know, he, he, he'll he do it for cheap. That, that's the worst thing you can do. You've got, unless your brother-in-law, you know, really is the perfect person, you've got to audition. We'll go through maybe 20, 30 auditions before we find the right person for the role. Yeah, there's probably a bit of a, maybe a misunderstanding there because, you know, there was Dollar Shave Club which is yes. probably one of the most well-known examples. And I think a lot of people looked at that and said, oh, well, the founder just did it. So it can't be that difficult. But I think he's actually like, he was a professional comedian or- He was. I think he did stand-up comedy. So yes, he, he, was that, he was exactly the right sort of person to step into that role. Right. And if he's the founder, I mean, what better alignment of all of the stars? But unless you are that person- You've got to have the right spokesperson. Now, don't get me wrong. 
there's a time and a place for user-generated content and transparent you know, messages from the CEO. It's just not the funny kind of videos, right? So you, yeah. this whole thing is like a salad. Your marketing strategy should employ lots of different kinds of content, but this is just a, kind of the flagship that will drive a big top of funnel, lots of people that won't ever watch those other videos until they're kind of bought into the message with one of these campaigns. Yeah. So once you've cast your, your actor, and I'll just, just a quick tip, it doesn't cost a penny to hire actors. Call your local acting agency and for free, they will send an email out to all of their actors that fit the profile that you give them. And they will self tape at home an audition and send it to you. And you only pay the one that you select when you film with them. So the only cost is your time to spend to watch these videos. Um, and then I would probably recommend you distill it down to like your top three choices and then do a live audition where you get them on Zoom and you say, you know, can you do that a little bit faster? Can you slow it down? Can you put the emphasis on this word? Because you want to make sure that they will take direction because everyone is comfortable sitting in their home with a camera that they know that they can do 10 takes and pick the best one. But when you're live on set, that's really what you're looking for is how will they react in the real production environment with a bunch of strangers staring at them. Um, so production, obviously the next part of production is getting a professional team if you want to do it right. It's all about stopping the scroll. And if you want to be disruptive and look different than everyone else's video, well, what's everyone else filming on? They're using their iPhone. So if you do the same thing, you're going to blend in. The way to stand out is to do it professionally and that's also going to help you, you know, get those that that hook effect of looking completely different and a lot of other things that a professional production team can bring. But I always say version one is better than version none. So doing it on your iPhone using the previous steps will get you better results. But if you want to get, you know, the best results, that's that's where professionals come in. And then final tip on production: make sure that when you're filming. If you've picked the right actor, he or she should give you everything that, that is on the script, but then you want to allow them the fun and freedom to improvise and add things and, you know, spontaneously come up with, with uh, alternative versions. I've never edited a video that ran the way that the script was written. If we've all done our jobs right, it should be better because it's a collaborative medium. Any one person that says, this is my vision and I'm sticking to it, isn't, you know, they're not allowing the creative process to give them better than the sum of the parts. Um, so the, the next step, step six is the editing. Now we've all heard in comedy, it's all about timing. You can say the same joke with the exact same words, two different ways, one will be funny, the other one won't. And the difference is timing, how you deliver the jokes. And so again, you can do this on your own, but the benefit of bringing in not just a professional editor, but an editor who understands comedy is critical. Knowing where to make the cuts, when to punch from a wide shot to a close-up to get expressions on people's faces, when not to show somebody. It's all about speeding everything up so that there are no 
I, I mean, even a breath between sentences sometimes will be enough for somebody to get bored and click away. Whenever I watch a video, my number one criticism is most of the time that's too slow. Now, people don't stop watching videos because they're too long. We still yeah. watch a two hour movie if it's engaging. They start watching videos because they get bored. They start watching videos because they're irrelevant. They start watching videos because they don't connect with it. So if you can make it so that people never get bored, and a lot of time that can be accomplished by making the pace very, very quick, the human eyes and ears can take in a lot more information than we give them credit for. And so make sure that your video doesn't get slow but also doesn't get confusing. This is why you have to test constantly, preferably with your customer avatar demographic and say, you know, do you understand everything? Don't necessarily say, do you like it? Ask them, what is it? You know, what's the message that it's trying to communicate? What do you think about that? You know, where are you getting confused? Is there anywhere that you think, you know, the joke doesn't work? And that's where even after you've done all of your filming, you can still make changes. You can swap this scene and put it before or rearrange certain shots. Um, so a, a great editor is worth his weight in gold. And then it's not just one video that you're producing. Like I said, we do three different opening hooks. We'll do multiple versions of the call to action, but then we'll create a Facebook or Instagram version that's square. So you've got to be aware of that when you're filming, that you can't leave it widescreen. Um, I always on my monitor will put guides where that square is going to be. And then I'll crop that video to square and I'll burn subtitles in. Never rely on Facebook or YouTube to automatically create those. Most of the time they'll get it wrong and they'll put too many words on the screen so that you can't read them all. We always have our graphic designers create these beautiful, you know, looking subtitles with just the nut right number of words, five to seven on the screen is probably as many as I would recommend. Um, and then we'll do shorter versions because obviously you can't run a three minute video on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok yet. They have to be shorter, but we typically find that the longer videos outperform the shorter videos, but we use the shorter ones for retargeting. Yeah. Well, I think, um, Links back to what you said uh, earlier, much earlier, um, around that, that advice that the best um, best practice, I guess, is to have fifteen to thirty second videos. And actually, that's that's probably come around because when f the the data shows that yeah. people either drop off or make a decision within that time. But actually, it's probably what you were saying: the majority of videos aren't interesting, and therefore. Yep. Either they've done the job right and people have gone, yep, yeah, cool, I'll click, or they're just so uninteresting, people are dropping off and they never hit those 30 seconds. But yeah, you're right. I think if you've made that content interesting to people, they will stick with it because why wouldn't they? They're yeah, interested I mean, in something. We, we had an example literally last week. We launched um, a campaign for our client, True Earth Eco Strips. They're a laundry detergent that helps people um, save cut down on or eliminate, eliminate plastic waste um, by the, the way that these uh, laundry strips come kind of like sticks of chewing gum. They're dehydrated in a uh, cardboard envelope. Anyway, we've done a lot of campaigns with them. We just launched a campaign this week that was our longest ever for that client. I think it was 
four and a half, almost five minutes long. And immediately their cost per customer acquisition plummeted, like way, way, way down. It's the best performing ad all year, the co-founder told us. And, you know, it was nearly five minutes long. It has nothing to do with length. It has everything to do with engagement, content, relevance, and, you know, keeping something fun and engaging, which is why they're on the platform in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same as um, it's the short form versus long form copy argument as well. Uh, Loads of people say long form copy doesn't work. It generally doesn't work if it's boring. And doesn't yes. keep people interesting. But if it's if it's doing that job I mentioned earlier about making people read the next bit, yep, then then it'll work for you. It's about how it feels. Does it feel long? The greatest compliment people give me all the time is, "Are you kidding me? That's four minutes." It felt like you know one or two, and that just means they lost track of time because they're caught up in the story. Well, I think yeah. So uh, something that I've I probably do a lot is you just made me think of it. If I'm watching a video and it's something I've looked for, I might have no, let's say football highlights or something like that. Probably a better example. There will be a certain point of the video where I will tap the screen to see how long's left. And I think that's a really big indication that I'm bored. Yeah. And And I'm wondering how long I've got to sit through this. And you know what we have that helps us with that? In all of the platforms, unless I'm mistaken, now I'm not the guy that gets into the data, the back end, I'm the creative, but I love to look at our retention curves. So you can go into Facebook or YouTube and it will show you on your video, it will graph out for you how many people start watching the video and where you're losing them. And if you've done your job right, you'll get a nice smooth curve from beginning to end. Now, even the best videos, in fact, the Harmon brothers, who's who we went through all of their training, as good as they are, and in my opinion, they're the best, they only have a 5% watch-through rate, which means that at the end of the video, only 5%, 95% have left and didn't watch the whole video. Well, you think, well, that's terrible. Well, no, it's not because 5% of 100 million views is a huge number. Um, and so it's all about a numbers game. But if you've done your job right, the, the curve should start out at the beginning and smoothly go from 100% down to that 5% at the very end. You shouldn't see any big cliffs where people are all dropping off at the same time. Now, you will see a, a, a drop when you introduce the product because people suddenly realize, oh, this is an ad. That's totally normal. But you shouldn't see big cliffs anywhere else because it means people are getting bored or it's not relevant. And so you can go back into your video if you see that and find that time, look at it and just figure out how can we fix that? Should we delete that section or should we add something there? Should we rearrange it? And that's why it's great to test everything before you full-blown, you know, release that campaign to the world. And that leads nicely into step seven, which is testing. And even though it's step seven, it really should be, you know, step 1A, step 2A, step 3A. After every step, you want to test as much as you can to get that information. No one person is going to be able to give you the wisdom that the crowd can. 
Um, so constantly testing. Uh, and again, you know, I've mentioned this, especially those opening three hooks. And then the last step, step eight, really is probably the one that most of your, your listeners um, may be surprised at. It's the fact that none of these videos are viral. If you go online and watch now back in the day, like Dollar Shave Club, 10, 15, I don't know, 20 years ago, whenever that was launched, that those videos did go viral because the platforms, you know, now their algorithms have developed and are sophisticated enough that they can immediately tell the difference between a cat video that still might go viral and an ad. The second they see an ad, they categorize it as a different type of content and they won't promote it unless you're paying to promote it. Their businesses, just like the rest of us, they're in it to make a profit. And if you're going to use their platform to make money, it only makes sense that they should get a share of that profit. So what we do is we don't create viral videos that organically go viral. I, I like to um, kind of make the analogy of a magical vending machine that's full of $100 bills that cost $20 to use. If you found one of those, how many times would you want to put $20 into it? Quite a few. You'd want to continue until it ran out, right? And then, you know, when the guy came to restock it, you'd, you'd do it again. That's what we do. We create videos that when you spend $20 on it, as far as promoting that ad online, will bring you, uh, you know, two, three, four, five return on your ad spend. And that's what we see when we go into companies, even sophisticated companies that have very you know, savvy marketing teams, when we replace their creative with ours, do nothing else, their return on ad spend will you know, double, triple. Uh, we've seen it time and again, just because the content is so much more engaging. So forget going viral. What you want to do is focus on conversion focus on increasing the return on your, on your ad spend. And, uh, and that's really how our clients have seen the, the results that they have. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, I kind of want to work with someone on some video content now. Um, yeah, it's an interesting point you make about kind of going viral. Um, I've, I've not heard people talk about that so much anymore, but yeah, there, there was a while where, Whenever you talked about video content, the question would be, how do we make it go viral? Yep. And, you know, unless you are, unless you were spectacular with, uh, with your content and, and also with your distribution still, uh, the chance of you going viral was just minuscule. Yeah. I mean, even I, I remember hearing the Harmon brothers talking about one of their most successful videos. They said that without ad spend, that video, which had tens of maybe even hundreds of millions of views, they said it probably wouldn't have got over 100,000 views if not yeah. for ad spend. So again, it's, it's just a different world. The, the platforms are too sophisticated. Why would they favor your content when you're making money if you're not spending money on their platforms? Now, yeah, if, exactly. if, it, if it's good content, what we see we say about 5 to 10% organic boost, I call it, rather than virality, because we get, I mean, tens of thousands of shares on our videos, and those are all free. Um, I mean, we've paid to 
get it to that person, but that person sharing it is free. So, you know, on our campaign that has 70 million views, that means that, you know, maybe 7 million of those views were for free. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's pretty good. Yeah, it's absolutely. more the cherry on the top rather than the meat of it, though. Yeah, but it's also it's also a good sign that it's well another good sign that people are enjoying the content if they are sharing it. Oh, sure. Um, and Facebook and stuff will favor your video when they see those numbers. They see how many shares, they see how many likes, how many comments. You know, so all of the other they're going to favor your ad over other ads, and that will benefit. You know, again, I'm not a data geek, but but that that will help you reduce your cost um, and increase your reach. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I suppose one thing you didn't touch on because, well, I suppose it's not a step. Um, what sort of brands can this work for? And, you know, does it, because obviously we're talking about like kind of uh, humorous videos, like funny videos. Can it work for any brand and pretty much yes. any product? Like does, does humor have to be part of the brand already? No, no. I always tell people, a funny sales video is only good for you if your customers are human. Okay. Like literally, if if your customers are human, they have emotions. Now, what you have to do is you have to make sure it's fitting to that brand. You can't be counterculture. So, you know, you've got to make sure that you're speaking in a relevant voice. So a video that we do to the C-suite is going to be a totally different kind of video than a video that we do for soccer moms or for teenagers. Your, your humor, and this is why testing is so critical, that you test it on the customer avatar, not just whoever's in your office. So as long as it's relevant, again, that intelligent humor, let's say you're a SaaS product and you're trying to target you know, the, the, the CMO or the COO, you have to speak with the same language that that CEO or COO uses. You have to use intelligent humor that taps into things that that person is living and breathing. Very, very different than another audience, um, you know, that that is selling a B two B product to a teenager. Again, tap into their language. That's why coming back to the beginning, reading customer reviews is so critical because you're then allowed to use that same language back in the script yeah yeah i suppose i guess i guess maybe the misconception is that a funny video is like dollar shave club and therefore if you were going to do a, a funny video for any industry it would have to be like that sort of video yeah i suppose yeah you're right if you you've, you've still got to talk to the right people haven't you well watch watch the ads at the super bowl they'll range from you know sodas to financial planning. It doesn't matter what the product, what the industry, humor works if done right. Yeah. And it's also telling that the most expensive media space in the universe, which is the Super Bowl, 95% of those ads are funny because they know that those work the best. Yeah. Or at least as it's like tying to go very, very heavily into an emotion. Yes. Um, yes. Think- I think it was Budweiser. They had one a few years ago where it it wasn't funny, but it just it caught people's attention because it was such a yeah like an emotional video. Um, yeah, yep. Some of these videos that you know tr- make you cry. That's much harder to do and much harder to replicate, but it's equally as valid. 
right? It's just how do you tap into the emotion of people to get them to connect with your brand? And the number one goal is obviously to create a sale or generate a lead or some kind of attributable action. But a very close second is to get them to like you so that next time they think about buying a product or service, you're top of mind. I'm going to ask you about an advert, actually, which hopefully I'll describe well. <laughs> I'm not normally very good at this. Uh, basically, you know, do you know Philadelphia, the cream cheese? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So they did an advert a few years ago um, that was, uh, it was kind of like a cafe or something. Two guys go in, one of them's got a baby, and there's this conveyor belt with bagels with cream cheese, like Philadelphia cream cheese on it. Yeah. Um, you see them kind of walk in there, they're talking, um, they go over to the food and then it kind of skips a little bit. And the next thing you see is they're eating, they're both eating uh, a bagel with cream cheese and you haven't really noticed anything. And then they leave. Right. And then the final shot is of this baby on the conveyor belt going round. And the implication is that they've, they've wanted the Philadelphia so much. They've actually uh, replaced it with the baby. You know, they've right. picked up the bagel, put down the baby. And I think that was supposed to be humorous, right? And maybe I've just done a terrible job of explaining it. But, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to Google it after. But def- definitely <laughs> worth check- checking out. I think a lot of people found it quite amusing. But they happened to do it literally like a week after some new rules came out about um, gender stereotyping in adverts. Yeah. Yeah, and so it got complaints because people yep. were saying, "Well, it portrays uh, dad uh, men as bad parents." Yep. Have you yeah. seen the one that Ky- a similar one? Kyla Jenner did one for Pepsi that absolutely backlashed during the two thousand and eight riots. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah. can if you I try to stay away from controversial subject matter, and I also try to stay away from. I mean, when you're talking about humor, most stand-up comics, you know, they're going to be uh, R-rated humor, you know, uh, adult subjects. I try to stay away from all of that. You want to, when you're connecting your product with a brand, it can get, you know, some companies have done it and been successful. I just think the best way to do it is to create content that is everyone friendly and will appeal to the masses, stays away from controversy, um, but at the same time pushes far enough that some people won't like it. And that's a very fine line to ride because if it's, you know, if it's generic and vanilla and boring, no, but nobody really cares. So you have to be disruptive while being, while not being offensive. Yeah. Like you say, you don't want that R-rated kind of humor because you well, are, first of all facebook won't show it uh, yeah. right so you've, you're going to get banned and flagged but you know it's just it's 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 harder for comedians to write clean comedy which is why most of them don't but it's it's the intelligent way in my opinion as far as from an advertising point of view if you can make it funny without making it offensive to me that's a clever that's that's harder to do yeah uh, yeah, I suppose it is, like you said, more effort. Uh, you've got to be more creative about it, haven't you? Um, yeah. So is there like one particular big mistake you see brands making when they when they try and do this on their own? Like if, if you had to pick maybe one of the steps that they most frequently mess up? So 
I would simply say the the biggest mistake I see people not not necessarily the bigger brands because they have the budgets to do it, but the smaller companies that are trying to do this, it's they tr- they try to be funny and they're not. That's the biggest yeah. mistake. Is you've got to be one or the other. You know, be straight and boring, but you know, still use those same principles of marketing that we all learned. Or try to do something completely different and use humor, but spend the time to do it well. You know, two months of scripting and brainstorming and so many jokes left on the cutting room floor. You can't just, just because you think it's funny, doesn't mean everyone else will. So you have to go through so many different um, ideas before you come to the ones that make it in. And, you know, even then there are videos that I look at that we've done that I'm like, I wish we had spent a little bit more time and made it a little bit more funny. But at some point you have to say, let's, you know, version one is better than version none. Yeah. But definitely surrounding yourself with experts, people that do this for a living is, is key to really making it funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, just before we move on a little bit, then is there anything else you want to cover on, on kind of the video topic? Uh, no, I think I did a, Pretty extensive job. Again, if anyone wants to download the whole ebook, just go to funnysalesvideos.com um, and it's down at the bottom, free download. Cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, just before we finish, a couple of questions more, more just for you, really, I suppose. Sure. Uh, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing? I would say it's, it's people who don't really care about the audience. You know, all, I, I can tell a mile off somebody who doesn't really understand what I want, what I need, irrelevant messaging. You know, you take that to a daily basis, spam. Um, so how how are you avoiding looking like spam, right? So spam is just stuff that completely disrupts me in the middle of my day, isn't relevant, in most cases, isn't even good material and goes straight into my junk. And so how... Does that work in video? Is there is there a certain type of video that feels spammy? Yeah, sure. Just uh, just just watch a video and wait for the pre-roll, and you know you'll quickly see the difference between a, a relevant message that's engaging and something that just feels spammy. So, you know, not not respecting the audience's relevancy is probably one of my pet peeves. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. It's uh, completely fair. I suppose that's step one, isn't it? Of your uh... Yes, of, of of the process. Make sure you actually understand um, your audience and what and, and what their pain points are. Um, right. So, just finally, then, is there uh, another marketer or someone who'd recommend we we kind of uh, pay attention to, or someone you would uh, say should be on the podcast? Uh, who should you pay attention to? I mean, I I'm a consumer of lots of different podcasts in in this space, right? So I'm constantly listening to the Harmon Brothers, Poop to Gold. I don't know if you can get anyone from the Harmon Brothers on the show. That would be that would be awesome. Um, you uh, the the co-founder of one of my clients, uh, Ryan McKenzie over at True Earth. He constantly is on podcasts talking about how he drives sales. I mean, the guy's a genius at the back-end marketing, right? Taking our content and pushing it to millions of people, um, I think has started a bunch of different companies that have all relied on e-commerce. So you, you could maybe pay attention to him. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll definitely check him out. I mean, thanks so much for that. That was really great. Um, so amazing advice. Um, really thank you for, for just running for steps with us. Um, sure. 
if uh, people want to get in touch, what's what's the best way? Three ways. Go to funnysalesvideos.com. Uh, take a look at our videos. Uh, if you like what you see and want to chat about a project for your business, you could fill out the form at the bottom. Um, right now, we've got a short waiting list, but uh, we'd certainly love to chat with you. Uh, take a look at my podcast. If you like the content of this one, we go into a lot more detail in that. How to make a video go viral.com. And I always tell people that's a very clickbaity type title for a podcast about talking about how we don't actually make videos go viral, but you know, it gets the job done. And then if you want to reach out to me personally, you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, Mention in in the connection invite that you heard me on this podcast, uh, because I just get tons of requests that I just ignore because most of them are spammy, coming back to annoying marketing. (laughs) Yeah. The most annoying has to be the uh, oh, I I just wanted to. Con- you looked at your profile looks interesting, so I just wanted yeah. to connect. But there's I some- see we have similar friends in common. We should yeah, you, you can tell it's <laughs> it's it's not the default message or anything. They've they've done something, but you know there's just going to be a sales one uh, following yeah. straight up. But um, yeah, awesome stuff. Thanks so much, Joe. No worries. So it it seems like the best way to move forward with a campaign like this is indeed to hire the professionals, especially when it comes to script writing and production. But I think there's a really important key message from Joe in step one, which is know your customer, know your audience. Not only will you pick up on their pain points, the the reasons why they do and don't buy from you and and your competitors, but also the exact language they use, which is especially relevant and important in content like this. People like to relate to the messages and content they see out there. And if they don't, the best you can expect is a little chuckle. At worst, let's just skip the rest of the video. If you'd like to learn more about Joe's process, just head over to funnysalesvideos.com. You can download their eight-step ebook. Any other podcast questions, feedback, guest requests, etc., cetera, uh, will at customerswhoclick.com or tweet me at Will Lawrenson. Next up, I've got Lisa Popovici joining me, and we're going to be talking about how you can use SMS as a one-to-one communications channel to really engage your customers. But until then, keep those customers clicking.